as boys lines. As bold as lion. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the As Bold as Lions podcast. This is your host, Derek Charles Johnson. Great to have you on board with me today. And we are just starting just in the second week, I guess, of this uh, series. I I shouldn't say I guess. I should know. But uh, it is week two, and uh, we're talking about the blessed hope. Before I dive in, I just want to read from Titus 2. 11 through 14, because that's where this phrase comes from. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. That's Titus 2, 11 through 14. So, the blessed hope, we're talking about watching and waiting for Christ's return. And this week, the title is Staying Ready. Simply that, Staying Ready. Last week, we looked at, well, we're talking about Jesus' return. The big question that we come to and and always kind of want to answer, I guess it's maybe just our, our nature that wants to know, is when will Jesus return? And we looked at some of the things because Jesus talked about it. He said plainly to his disciples, um, hey, this is what this is what is going to happen. He said, I don't know the, the time. No man knows the time. Only the Father knows, and he will send me when it is time. But there are all these kind of clues that, that tell us what's going to happen and what things are, are going to be taking place as it gets closer to his return. So I believe we can look to Scripture and kind of let that guide us. I don't want to get too far down that rabbit trail of, of trying to analyze too much and, well, what's this nation doing and what's this prophecy and, and try to kind of get that, um, uh, you know, whiteboard out and start just kind of uh, trying to figure it all out because a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people spend um, a lot of time in that, and there's there's some serious experts in that subject, but there's also some people that are just maybe spending a little bit too much time there, and 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 may even have ulterior motives in just trying to uh, get people to um, read a book or listen to some teaching or whatever. And it's it's keeping people from the 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 real purpose of what we need to be doing this time as we're watchful, waiting, as we're persevering, and that's just kind of a soapbox type of uh, a statement from me. But that's uh, that's kind of my opinion, and I, I think there's there's some truth to it. Um, just as we dive in today, we know that 
we have to be in this constant state of watchfulness. I talked about last week that really um, more than just uh, an uh, being ready, I think we can live in a lifestyle and an attitude of our minds and our hearts that is always ready for Jesus to come back. And uh, in that, how are we prepared for that moment? And what does it personally mean to be ready? Well, I wanted to take one week where we kind of looked at that for ourselves. And one passage or kind of teaching that Jesus uses is helpful for me personally, and I think it can be for any of us, is this parable of the ten virgins. And it's maybe not as well known as, as some of Jesus's other teachings, you know, things like the the Good Samaritan or, um, you know, other, some of the other maybe more well-known uh, parables. But the parable of the ten virgins is actually an account in, in Matthew 25, and it's verses 1 through 13. So it's a little bit long, but I, I do want to read it just to kind of have the context of it, of what Jesus is saying here, because we'll kind of keep coming back to a lot of this um, throughout the discussion here. So I will dive in and um, just take a moment to, to listen here. I believe this is from the English Standard Version. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Again, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. So before diving in a little bit today, I think we have to understand some of the cultural context here, because Jesus tells this parable, and the audience that he's talking to knows exactly what he's describing. And it's a little bit different for us as we think about modern-day weddings, and especially in America, or just... Western civilization, you know, our, our idea of weddings and, and bridegrooms and, uh, bridesmaids and groomsmen and, um, wedding, uh, dinners and things like that, you know, receptions is, is different perhaps than, than what, um, this was in the, uh, I guess you could say, um, ancient Israel, you know, Middle Eastern culture, that type of a thing. So, we um we know this is in early AD and um back then and I'm taking some of this um from some research that I've done and I'll try to remember to put the link in into the show notes here. But uh back then and and probably still today to um a great extent, wedding processions would often involve a large wedding party with multiple bridesmaids. So the ten virgins um are these Ten uh, bridesmaids, and they're waiting for the bridegroom. They're with the bride, 
and they're waiting for the bridegroom to come and, and they're, um, you know, at the bride's home. So this is something that would kind of happen in the evening or stretch into the night. And, um, it's, you know, they, they would wait for the bridegroom to come. And then when he arrived, they would go forward and, and start with the, the wedding ceremony and, and go into the, the feasts and everything. So it was, it was kind of a big just event that they were, they were waiting for. And in Jesus's parable, you know, this event is delayed because the bridegroom is late in arriving. You know, we don't, know why. He doesn't say anything. He just says he he wasn't there when he was supposed to be, or, or I guess they're supposed to go and wait, and for some reason it was taking longer than, than uh, they thought it was. So the bridesmaids are uh, having these, these lamps, and they need oil to, to burn the uh, you know the wick and have these lamps so that they can see. Literally, it's getting darker. They need that uh, to help them see. It would be like us, you know, nowadays with a flashlight or something. And we see from the story that some of them were prepared. They were ready for this. They had the extra oil, um, knowing this could go longer. They were they were ready for it if they needed to be. And we see from this that there's implications of either having enough oil or running empty. And Jesus ties all this into this idea that we must be ready for the bridegroom to return one day. He, Christ, is the bridegroom. And in this story, we are the bridesmaids or the virgins, and we are waiting for the bridegroom to return. So with some of that background established here, let's just dive back in and and look at some key points that we can take from this very uh, applicable parable to um, this idea of the blessed hope. So first of all, being ready is wise, and not being ready is foolish. says, five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. So this is kind of a basic point here, but it's worth noting. The if the virgins had had enough oil, they were wise. But if they lacked it, they were foolish. And what, you know, when we talk about this idea of oil, what is this oil? And why is it so important? You can kind of go down a, a rabbit trail here and, and try to figure that out. And believe me, I, I Googled it so you can get a lot of different answers as what the oil is. You know, commonly some people say it's the Holy Spirit. Um, others say it's faith, it's perseverance, purity, um, just kind of along those lines. I don't want to get too in the weeds with that, making sure that we have the correct answer, but um, I think we need to just understand it in the context of what's going on here. To me, the oil really it ties into readiness, and it means a preparedness plan that we have in place. It incorporates a knowledge of truth and being filled with the Spirit. And it's certainly meant for these virgins, the ability to either see the bridegroom approaching or to be filled with darkness and unable to see. It was their, their kind of way to, to know, is he coming, you know, and, and kind of be able to, to, to be ready to see him, ready for his return. And I think that's the key matter in all of this, that it, it's, it's the ability to see and, and know, um, when he's, he's close. So. 
as we display wisdom, um, as the five of the virgins did, I believe others are going to be drawn to our light. And certainly we must have our lights on in order for others to see. These uh, foolish virgins, they wished that they could see. And they asked the other five, hey, give us some of your oil. You have extra. Help help us out here. But if they did, there wouldn't have been enough to go around and, and everybody would have ran out, I, I, I believe. So they, they said, no, go into town and, and buy some more for yourselves. And it's at that point that the bridegroom comes back. These foolish virgins, these foolish bridesmaids, they were unprepared. They missed it. And, you know, the sad reality is that even some Christians today are going to miss it because they were truly not ready. They had knowledge. They had the ability to fill their lamps. They just chose not to do so. Second point here is that everyone gets drowsy. But is your lamp full? That's a question. Everyone gets drowsy. But is your lamp full? Uh, from this passage, it says, As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. And you know, as I was kind of looking through this passage again, and it's been a, a while since I've read it, but when I saw that verse and it said, Everyone fell asleep, everybody got tired, I think there's some intentionality there. I think Christ is saying, You know, the bridegroom's going to take longer than perhaps you think. It's going to be a long, drawn-out process. It's going to take longer for Jesus to return than, than any of us realize. But we have to understand readiness in the, in the proper context. What happened to all these virgins? They all fell asleep. And I believe, you know, this is different than talking about falling asleep like it in some of the other passages in the Bible where, like in 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse 6, it says, So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Okay, there's this kind of that aspect of falling asleep and, and the warning to say, don't fall asleep and, and um, you know, not be alert. But in those passages, there's a, a reminder that sleep is, is akin to not being watchful and to not being ready. But the five virgins who had oil in their lamps, they were ready. They just, they slept during the night and that's just a natural physical need. Like you get tired, you take a rest, but you still had your lamp there ready. And at the moment they announced the bridegroom, here he is, they were ready to receive him. So there was nothing unprepared about them. And from here, it's important to understand what a full lamp looks like. We get it by staying in God's word. We get it by staying in close connection with the Father, by praying, by having fellowship with other Christians, being aware of the times and the seasons. If you remember talking about the fig tree from uh, the previous episode, just the Jesus's uh, instruction to say, watch the times and seasons, you know, when the fig leaves are, are turning and all these things, and uh, or when it's starting to, to sprout. Um, and we know that drowsy times can come here and there, but we face them with a lamp full of oil and our, our wicks trimmed. We're ready. And again, we, we're always in that prepared state. This could be the day that he returns. This could be the moment that the bridegroom comes. We want to, we got to keep our, our lamps lit. We got to be ready. So finally, this third point, and this is maybe not the most uplifting thing to say, but when the door shuts, it is final. While they were going to buy, these uh, foolish virgins, they were going to buy more oil, 
the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. You know, there was a song a few years ago by this group, DC Talk, and um, they're not necessarily a group that's together anymore, but they used to perform this song. It was called, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. And it was a cover by this artist, another artist, uh, the late Larry Norman. And in it, one of the lines states, there's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. You know, it's a song that it's painful in some ways, and it's a reflection of what we will see someday when the bridegroom truly does come. Some will have been wise and they'll have kept their lamp full of oil. They'll get into the wedding feast and they'll experience everlasting presence with the bridegroom. But others will not have been ready. We, we wish they'd be there, but the Bible's clear. Some, some are going to be shut out. And when the door shuts, it is final. What this parable impresses to me is that I must be thinking about eternity every day. I spend a lot of time on things that have no eternal value. I waste a lot of hours and even days worried about the cares that, um, you know, compared to the weight of heaven, they have no meaning. I want to know that my lamp is full and that every day if Christ were to return, he'd find me ready. The evidence is there. You know, in that same song that Larry Norman wrote, uh, he says, the father spoke, the demons died. How could you have been so blind? God is always at work. I want eyes that see and that are open to what he is doing. So what about you? As you contemplate all of this, what things come to your mind and um, that you, you know are, are lesser than and maybe unimportant in the light of heaven. This isn't a moment here for me to poke at you or pry, but it's just simply to say, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal anything that is keeping your lamp from being full. Sometimes even good things can distract us. Um, you know, certainly patterns of sinful behavior are, are clear roadblocks, but so is time just misappropriated and misused. Time spent pursuing fleeting things. And the older I get, the more I realize I want to maximize my days on this earth. Each day is a blessing and a gift, and we must steward our days wisely. Guys, I hope this blesses you. I hope this series is impactful. And if it is, again, would you share it with somebody? Be so kind to just forward it if uh, you're on email list or, um, you know, uh, share the link. Um, write a review, whatever. But um, it's it's all in the effort to engage as many people as possible. And with the platforms that we have between the podcast and the, and the blog and um, the mailing list and things like that, uh, I'm trying to hit as many as possible. And sometimes I know I'm preaching a bit to the choir, but I know there's also people that are sharing it um, within their circles. And hopefully that's, that's resonating with somebody else who's like, I needed this, I needed to hear this. And, um, you know, we want to be all of us collectively in that group that was ready. We want to be like those five bridesmaids who had 
their lamps full, their uh, the the wicks were trimmed. They were ready to go. When the bridegroom came, it was like, yep, we're here. We're ready. We're getting into the feast. We don't want to be on the other side of that. We will never regret having our lamps be full. Guys, until next time, I hope you are blessed. I want to share a closing verse, which, uh, again, just seems to have a lot of meaning in light of of uh, these messages um, this month. This is Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.